right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. We are out here the first day of September recording this podcast late at night, about 9 o'clock, currently getting whatever's left over of Hurricane Ida, whatever you want to call it at this point, a lot of rain outside. But by the time this podcast is released, we will be within one week of the start of the NFL season. So very, very excited about that. Today is our last divisional preview. We are here to preview the AFC East. I know a lot of you Jets fans have been waiting for this one, so that's also very exciting. Know a couple Bills fans as well, so we got that coming to you. If you missed all of our previous divisional previews, they are up on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. They're on the website. So that's going to lead me to a couple of things we always start off with. If you're new to this, you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. If you're on Spotify or Apple Music, uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, follow the feed, all that other good stuff. Check out the website. We still have our 32 and 32 series going on. Uh, And obviously, like I said, the podcast is up there. And follow at Beak Brands on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Twitter and Facebook actually post automatically. So like I said, if you're one of those who needs it right away, turn notifications on. And the second it's posted, you'll get to know about it. All right, but like I said, today, AFC East. I know, obviously, being a New York-based company here, we got a lot of people um, that are Jets fans. So we're going to hop right into this thing. Uh, But we are going to start with one of the Jets' rivals, the New England Patriots, because how could you not after the whole Mac Jones, Cam Newton thing? So in case you live under a rock, Cam Newton was released by the Patriots. Um... To me, it wasn't all that surprising. To a lot of people, it was very surprising. I'm not sure why. He's been terrible for like five years now. Um, I know like MVP Cam was fun. And like, you know, Cam running around back in the day in Carolina was fun. Uh, But he was never really that great of a passer. And he's even worse now. His shoulder is shot. Um, And the reason I wasn't surprised they cut him uh, is two reasons. Number one is... Uh, the vaccine thing, and we trying to talk about COVID on here, because, like, you know, obviously, we're here for sports, so I don't really care, like, I'm sure you don't either, like, you're just sick and tired of hearing of it, as I'm sure 99% of the world is, um, but, you know, but the way the Patriots operation goes is, like, it's super strict there, um, and if, you know, you're costing the team's games and playing time and practice and all that other stuff, like, they're just not gonna have it, so, I mean, I'm sure that played into it, even though Belichick said it didn't, totally did, but he's good at lying, obviously. I mean, no one buys that. Um, but the other thing is, like, listen, this guy's a bit of a clown. He's always been a bit of a clown. You know, the whole, like, towel over the head thing, which, like, I don't know, I don't like that. Like, bad body language thing, you know, as, like, a coach. Obviously, I'm not an NFL coach, but, like, you know, that's something you, like, preach to the guys you're coaching, like, body language you know, it could give off like kind of what you're feeling even without you having to say anything. The guy's moping around like a 10-year-old on the bench. Uh, not a fan of that. And just just in general, I never got the whole like, I don't think he fit in, with, you know, with New England. They went from Tom Brady to that. Um, and I just think, listen, if you're going to complete like 55% of your passes in preseason with the Patriots, that's just not going to cut it. Especially because half their routes literally are less than five yards downfield. So if you're not hitting those and you can't run the way you used to, you're gone. Uh, so once your problems kind of outweigh your talent, especially in New England, like, they don't care at all. They're like, yeah, peace out, dude. That's it. See you later. Um, so what do I think about Cam? I mean, it's easy to plug him in to Houston 
because he'll start right away. They don't have a quarterback. Um, he plays a similar style to Deshaun Watson, so if he ever, if that situation ever gets itself straightened out, I mean, they have two quarterbacks that do the same type of thing. Um, if he wants to be a backup, which I'm not sure that he does, uh, I mean, there's a lot of places I'm sure that would take him because as a backup quarterback, I mean, you're in great shape with him. Uh, as your starter, I don't know. Is he going to go to Houston to, like, willingly get killed? I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. But, like, Mac Jones, you could tell right away, he fits the Patriots' offense perfectly. First of all, when you watch him, he looks very underwhelming, which is perfect for them. They lull you to sleep. Quick little passes, shallow crosses. They hit that intermediate cross. He can throw in between zones. He gets the ball out on time. It's hella boring. And that's what the Patriots do. And it's perfect. Um, you know, like one of my buddies texted me like, oh my God, can you believe they can't, they cut Cam Newton and all that? I'm like, what do you mean? If you, if you took the names off the back and it was like Tom Brady and Mac Jones and you just watched them play, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference <laughs> because they do the same thing. Uh, they're like clones of one another, obviously, you know, uh, that's a lot of, you know, high expectations for Mac Jones, but I mean, in the way that they play the game, like it would be hard to tell the difference, uh, the way they're passing. So, um, you know, that's just what I think the Patriots got going on recap last year. Obviously they missed the playoffs for the first time since basically forever. I mean, I don't really know what's going on with that. Um, I mean, obviously, they didn't have Tom Brady. That's why. And they had a lot of opt-outs. But, like, it just feels weird not having the Patriots in the playoffs. Um, so, look, some guys that they added, John U. Smith, Matt Judon, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, you know, Trent Brown. Like, they got a billion guys back from opt-outs. Like, they got a ton of heads uh, in free agency. Uh, and obviously, it's all to fit that offense that they want to run, that they've run with Tom Brady for since forever. You know, you have like a possession receiver, a couple of tight ends, run the ball, bunch formations. Like, it's going to be some old school Patriot football. And that leads me right to the storyline, which is the Patriots defense and their special teams. Because that's how they're going to win these games. I was talking to, you know, a fellow Beak, Beak Brands writer over there, Tom Ruppel, uh, the other day. And I'm like, this is going to definitely look like some early 2000s Patriots stuff when Tom Brady was like a game manager. Go out there with Mac Jones. Just be like, dude, just don't lose us the game. We're going to hand the ball off like 25 times. We're going to mix it up with some play action, like, you know, de uh, design shots down the field. Other than that, you're just going to hit like these little check downs, spray the ball around. We'll get yards after the catch. It's going to be incredibly boring to watch. Um, like most Patriots games have been for the past 20 years. And our defense is basically just going to win us the game and our special teams. And they, I mean, they pretty much won three Super Bowls doing that, right? That's how they beat the Rams in the first Super Bowl. Uh, if you watch the Panthers Super Bowl, that's kind of what they did there, you know. And same thing with the Eagles. Like, they, they do the same thing. Like, if you go back and watch a, a Patriot game, without Randy Moss and, like, Wes Welker and Gronk on the team, like, outside of that couple-year stretch, every game is exactly the same. It's, like, incredible how they're able to do that to every single team they play. Um, and I think they're going to go back to that this year. And Mac Jones, I mean, obviously he's playing against backups in the preseason, so I don't want to put too much into it. But if he gets the ball out on time, they'll be fine. Uh, so my game of the year for the Patriots 
is Week 18 against Miami, and the reason that's that's the game is because one, it's a divisional game. Two, as you guys know, I have Miami like really pushing hard for that last playoff spot. I also have the Patriots pushing hard for that last playoff spot. So I think that game could be huge for both teams, um, especially the Patriots, though, because for whatever reason, when the Patriots play the Dolphins the last week of the season, they lose like a lot. Like it's very, very strange. Um, and in that game, you'll have Brian Flores, who basically runs the Patriots defense going against a rookie quarterback. And then you'll have Bill Belichick, obviously, running his defense against Tua, who is a first or second uh, second year player, excuse me. So, and obviously, Belichick has a reputation for making young quarterbacks look really bad. And Flores is kind of getting on the same track, making young quarterbacks look really bad. So that game could be an ugly one, depending, you know, on what goes on during the game. And that's going to decide who potentially gets into the playoffs. So, like, there's just a lot riding on. That's might come down to like defensive head coach's scheme, and they run the same scheme. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens there. As for the Patriots, fantasy wise, uh, definitely big uptick there with Mac Jones at quarterback. Definitely didn't want any part of the Patriots offense with Cam Newton back there because one, he can't throw, and two, he saps all the rushing. Uh, so definitely big on Jonu Smith right now. He's going as tight end 14. Uh, that's complete insanity. Bill Belichick has been praising this guy for like three years, and he's not he hasn't even had him on his team. That's when he played for the Titans. He said he's like one of the best athletes at tight end in the league. They signed him the very first day of free agency. They gave him a lot of money, especially for a guy who hasn't produced as much as you thought he could or would. Um, and I think they're going to try to go back to like the Gronk, Aaron Hernandez thing with Hunter Henry and Janu, uh, except Hunter Henry's bad, so it's going to be more Janu. And I think his yard after catchability in this offense is going to be incredible. He's not going to see high volume because they're not going to throw it a lot, but I think he's going to be super, super efficient. He's going as tight end 14. He could easily get into the top 10, and you don't have to take him until, like, if you're in a 10-team league super late in the draft. Uh, in my 14-man league, he's my starting tight end, um, and I feel pretty good about it. So going with Jonu Smith to the moon with Mac Jones, a quarterback. Uh, my expectations for the Patriots currently have them at 9-8. and eight. Because even though I just said all this good stuff about Mac Jones, do I trust him? No, I do not. Um, because how could you trust any rookie quarterback who's never played a game in the NFL? But listen, this is the Patriots. And if, if there's a team that's going to make it work, it's going to be them, right? The reason I went with 9-8 and eight for right now, I could see 10-7 and seven also. I believe last year they won seven games. Um, and that's with Cam Newton throwing two of them away. Guy was terrible. Um, and that's not even including the Seattle Seahawks game. I'm saying two games in the last, like, two. One of them was against Buffalo. He fumbled driving for the win. Um, he just gave two games away. So I think right off the bat, giving Mac Jones two Ws that Cam won't blow is, like, pretty pretty solid, I think. Um, so that's kind of what I got for the Patriots. So let's go to the Jets next. Um, what was their recap of last season? You know, typical Jets season. They're terrible. Nothing's changed. Um but they made a lot of additions this offseason. So let's start with uh, Jared Davis, Vinny Curry, Carl Lawson. Except, joke's on you, they're all injured already. Uh, Lawson and Curry are done for the year. Lawson, Achilles injury. Curry has a blood disorder. Jared Davis is going to start on IR, Pup, or whatever. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, they also brought in Corey Davis from Tennessee. little overrated, but he should fit their system pretty good because they'll just scheme him open the whole time. 
Uh, they drafted Elijah Moore, who's getting like a ton of hype out of Jets camp, and Michael Carter to play running back. The Jets really needed some skill position players. They got some skill position players. So big upgrades there. And obviously, Zach Wilson, they drafted him with their first pick. Uh, you know, they have Robert Sala now, first-year head coach. Did the Jets lose anybody? No, they didn't have any relevant players to begin with. So how could you lose one? Um, this is obviously storyline. Zach Wilson and Robert Sala. That's what it's going to come down to. Now, even though he's not calling the plays, but like, you know, the head coach quarterback combo. All right. So what makes me nervous, I don't really like hiring defensive coaches. If my quarterback is like a young rookie who needs to be developed, um, obviously they don't really help with that. But I mean, the Jets just tried the Adam Gase thing. He was quote unquote offensive guru. You know, I mean, that was a joke, but you know what I mean? So obviously, most of the times after a team fails on a side of the ball, they flip to the other side. Uh, so I get why they get, but why they got Solon. He looks to be the real deal. The players like him. Um, but they're running the 49ers offense, which should be really helpful for Zach Wilson. Because even if you're awful, like Jimmy Garoppolo, like you're just looking good, right? And Kyle Shanahan makes every mediocre quarterback he touches look good. Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, Kurt Cousins. Every, every single guy that's mediocre, he gets the best out of him. Um, and if Zach Wilson is not mediocre and he's solid or good running this offense, the Jets are going to be very, very good in in the future. Uh, and obviously, Sal is going to try to build that defense up. They just made a trade for Shaq Lawson the other day because they have no pass rush. I'm not sure how much help that's going to be, but, you know, it is what it is. Also worth noting, C.J. Mosley might actually play more than one half of football this year, so you got that going for you also. Uh, my game of the year on the Jets. Listen, it's the Sam Darnold Bowl, baby. Week one against the Panthers. Like I said for the Panthers, it's the opening day game, but it's also against the Jets' previous quarterback, uh, Sam Darnold. That should be very exciting. I think I I'm torn on this because obviously I'm not a Jets fan. There's part of me that wants to see Sam Darnold just go out there and rip the Jets to shreds um, because I really like Sam Darnold when he came out of the draft, so it would be nice to be like, oh, hey, it's just an Adam Gase thing. You gave up on him too early. Um, but the other part of me wants to see Zach Wilson like go nuts because my dad's a big Jets fan, and I would like him to have some happiness in his life when it comes to sports. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm torn on that, but I think that should be a good game either way. Not not even just looking at the Sam Darnold thing. Like, there should be a lot of points scored, and I like that. Fantasy player I like on the Jets. Corey Davis, wide receiver 41, way too low. His ADP has skyrocketed in the past, like, three weeks, and he's still a value. They don't have any other receivers. Like, I get it. Elijah Moore, rookie. He's going to try to push his way into the slot with Jamison Crowder, but Jamison Crowder is good. They don't really have a tight end on the roster. So, like, who are they going to throw the ball to? The answer is Corey Davis. That's who they're going to throw the ball to. And everyone's like, oh, but it might be inefficient. Like, bro, do you care? The answer is no, I don't care. Because when you have a team that's defense is so bad, they're going to have to throw the ball so much. And it's kind of like the Allen Robinson thing. I don't care if he catches like 7 of 23 targets because he caught 7 of them, right? Does it look pretty? Absolutely not. Is it painful to watch? Yes, but you're going to get the fantasy points regardless. And if you see the preseason, I saw some stat. He's been targeted on, on like 70% of his routes run. That's like ridiculous. Um, so definitely Corey Davis, wide receiver 41, sign me up for that. Expectations for the Jets this year. 
I think there are things to be excited about on offense. Their defense is going to be terrible. Uh, I think they win five games, give or take a couple. I know there's like some hype. The Jets could win like seven or eight games. I think that's like re- completely ridiculous. Um, but they really like if they beat Carolina. I have them losing that game as of right now because I don't. I obviously I like Carolina a little bit more. But I mean, they should beat Atlanta easily. They should beat Cincinnati. They should kill Houston. Um, Buffalo will throw the game away the last week of the season. That's going to be really funny, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there now. When the Jets fans are like, wow, let's just lose this last game so we get a better draft pick, even though they're not going to have the first pick in the draft. They'll be in the top, like, five or six. Buffalo's like, yeah, we're going to rest all of our starters, and the Jets beat them, and the the Jets are going to fall back, like, four spots in the draft, and they're going to be pissed. Um, So you heard that here first, early September. Just throwing that out there. Um, So that's kind of what I got on the Jets. Miami Dolphins, what happened last year? It was musical quarterbacks between Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, they didn't really add too many guys, mainly on offense. So Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller, Malcolm Brown. Obviously, they're trying to give Tua some more weapons. They swapped out offensive coordinators. Um, and I guess we'll plug Tom here. If you check the website today, which is September 2nd, his 32-32 and 32 on the Miami Dolphins is out. So if you'd like a more in-depth look at the Dolphins, Check that out on the site. There you go, Tom. I gotcha. Um, but the storyline for the Dolphins is, can Tua actually play? Because I didn't like him in college. I didn't like him when they drafted him. I didn't like him last year. I don't like him now. It's kind of like the green eggs and ham. I don't like Tua anywhere. Because um, everyone's like, oh, he was mad good at Alabama. Like, yeah, bro, this guy's got like five first-round pick receivers on his team. Three-fifths of his offensive line are first-round picks. He's got a first-round pick running back. Like, the the dude's, like, on a stacked, beyond-stacked team. You know, that's like when you show up to the park, and it's, like, you and your friends, and then you see, like, these D2 college guys that play there sometimes. And it's like, yeah, they're only D2, but, like, they'll mollywop you because you're just, like, some random guy. And that's basically what Alabama is. Like, yeah, you could have, like, you know, three or four NFL players on your team. And Alabama's like, yeah, our entire offense is first-round picks. Like, you have no chance of winning this game. Um, so that's why I didn't trust him there. And then people compared him to Drew Brees. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a comp you want if you're coming out of college. Like, you're comparing me to some guy who can't run, has a noodle arm, but is accurate? Like, I don't know if that's it. Like, if I want to be compared to that guy. Um, but like I said, they've basically set up everything around Tua for him to succeed. I mean, in theory, uh, we'll see if they actually do it. There's been some rumors going around that they might be in on Deshaun Watson. If I was Miami, I'd be like, listen, I don't care how many people he sexually assaulted. Just put him on the plane. We'll take him. Right? And it's really funny because now Houston's going to have to trade Deshaun Watson to get all their picks back from Miami, um, which is just hilarious. Talk about a clean reset. But like, if I was Miami, I'd be like, you could take Tua. We'll give you two first-round picks and, like, a second and a third or whatever. And just give it to Sean Watson. And, obviously, we'll protect those first-round picks and whatever else we need to do. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson would would take them to another level. He's not going to – I don't think he's going to get suspended by the NFL anytime soon because, like, this investigation that's going on with him is literally taking forever. He's not not on the commissioner's exempt list, so it's not like he's not playing because of that. He's not playing because he doesn't want to play for the Texans. So if you're Miami, it's just like, all right, 
we could swing for the fence here. And the reason I think they should is because if you get Watson, you're basically a top four team in the AFC, like hands down. Your defense is stacked. Your offense is now incredible outside of your offensive line, which obviously is a big deal. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, excuse me, is used to running for his life. Um, But if it doesn't work out, you just won 10 games last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. You don't even need a good quarterback to make the playoffs with that team. Like, they're so good. If you trade for Watson and he ends up playing, you could be in the AFC Championship game like almost a lock. Or at least in the last four teams left, right? If you And if it doesn't work, you're just like, all right, well, we could fall back on some other guy and win a handful of games and just keep keep the line moving. And I don't even know if Houston would want to. You might get to keep him. So, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, game of the year for Miami. Now, I actually have them as like three other people's game of the year. So I'm going to pick a game that I haven't picked yet. I'm going to go with Baltimore Week 10. And the reason I picked that game is because like we're going to get close to playoff time then. Two will be facing a real defense. And you'll get to see if Brian Flores can stop the Ravens rushing attack. And we will get to see if Tua can actually play against a real defense, assuming he's still the starting quarterback. Uh, my fantasy player for the Dolphins, Jalen Waddell. Because his upside is completely absurd. And when you're that part of the draft, like Corey Davis, Waddle, Davis is like the safe option. Waddle is like them trying to hit a home run. I'm more of a try to hit a home run guy, especially if I went like receiver, receiver, receiver in the middle rounds, which I tend to do. Um, especially in my home leagues because people are like obsessed with taking Josh Jacobs in like the second or third round. I don't know why. I'm just like, yeah, just give me all the receivers. So if you're going to try to win your league, Jalen Waddle might be it for you. Uh, and what are my expectations for the Miami Dolphins? I have them challenging for the last wild card. And you guys know already, if you listen to Le- uh, the AFC South podcast, that I have that tiebreaker game between the Colts and the Dolphins like as the game that's going to get one team into the playoffs and like i said if carson wentz plays i'm going to take the colts in that game if carson wentz does not play i'm going to take the dolphins um but that's basically what i have for my seven seed so i think they're going to be really really close to getting in the playoffs uh and you know i currently have the ravens as my two seed so like i don't know if that's a team i want to play in the first round like, same with the, like the Patriots get in as the seventh seed. That is definitely not a team I want to play if I'm the Ravens. Absolutely not. No way. Um, but let's get to the final team in this division, the reigning AFC East champs, the Buffalo Bills, the only true New York team, LOL. Um, so what happened last year? Josh Allen was like an MVP. Stephon Diggs is the freaking man. Um defense wasn't as good as people thought they got to the AFC championship game they got embarrassed um and they didn't really do anything this offseason right they kind of just running it back with the same team they mostly swapped out John Brown for Emmanuel Sanders that was basically it um storyline for the Bills can they beat the top teams in the AFC so I currently have those teams listed as the Chiefs the Browns the Ravens the Colts now, yes, they beat the Ravens and the Colts last year. I get that. You could do it once, right? We've seen teams do this before. Can you consistently do it, right? I don't know. A lot of people have the Browns making the AFC Championship game. I just can't see the Browns beating the Bills. Like, you're telling me if we, let's say that was like the, 
AFC divisional round matchup. The Browns go to Buffalo to play the Bills. You're going to tell me Baker Mayfield beats Josh Allen in Buffalo? Like, I just don't see that happening. Um, so basically, it's can you beat the Chiefs? Uh, and the game of the, the year for the Bills is going to be the AFC championship game when they play the Chiefs again. I can't see anyone else beating them except I could see the Colts beating them if Carson Wentz kind of like gets his act together because Phillip Rivers gave him a run for their money last year. Um, and obviously, I think Carson Wentz at this point in his career, even when he's mediocre, is better than Phillip Rivers. So like just throwing that out there. Uh, but I think the game of the year is going to be the AFC Championship game when they play the Chiefs. I don't think they're going to come to Arrowhead again this year and get run off the field. You know, we've seen this happen to teams like, you know, what was it, two or three years ago? They played Houston. They got that big lead. They lost in overtime. And then it was like, oh, man, what a shame. And then last year, you know, they, they won a close game, and then they beat a team that shouldn't have been there. Like, the, you know, the Ravens couldn't hang with them at that point in the season. Then they beat the Chiefs, and it looked like they did not. I mean, they played the Chiefs, and it looked like they did not belong there. And that was, that was the second time the Chiefs killed them last season. Um so I think Buffalo is going to take a step forward and they're going to make the game competitive. I still think the Chiefs are going to win the game because uh, I think the way to beat the Chiefs is you need to run the ball. Their run defense is terrible. They cannot tackle. They can't tackle. Even like I saw a tweet like a week ago, Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo is like, yeah, we have to work on tackling. Dude, we haven't been able to tackle since we had like Justin Houston and Tom Bahali. All right, We haven't been able to tackle in like six years. The Bills don't run the ball. All they do is throw, and I think, listen, there's nothing wrong with throwing the ball. Trust me, the Chiefs do the same thing. Um, when you get in the playoffs against a really good team, you need to be able to do both. The Chiefs running game is not special, but it's serviceable. Like, when Andy commits to it, they can beat you running the ball, and that's how they beat Buffalo last year in the regular season. It was like, remember that, that weird like Tuesday game or something? That's how they beat Buffalo last season. Buffalo just can't run the ball. Their best running back is Josh Allen. That can't happen. Like, if you're going to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, you need to be able to run the ball. Because we know Josh Allen can throw it. And we know Stephon Diggs is really good. But what happened last year in the AFC Championship game? The Chiefs just basically rolled coverage to Diggs the whole game, and they were like, you're going to beat us running the ball. And the Bills were like, nah, we're going to keep throwing. And the Chiefs were like, all right, well, you're not going to complete anything. And eventually the Chiefs ran, ran away with it. And I know, like, oh, the Bills got off to a good start. The Bills basically had a field goal to show for the first half. The only touchdown they got was McCall Hardman fumbling it, and they recovered it for a touchdown, basically. They ended up on, like, the five-yard line. I can't remember if they actually ran it, in, like, if they recovered it for a touchdown or not. But either way, they were right there. Their offense didn't do anything in the, the entire first half. Um, but if you're actually looking for a game on their schedule, let's see what we got for Buffalo. Um, they actually play Kansas City Week 5. Uh, they play the Colts week 11. They play the Patriots week 13. Uh, they play Tampa week 14. The Bills actually have some pretty good playoff opponents on their schedule. Um, if you want to see a good game, I think at Tampa is going to be pretty sweet because uh, obviously we know Tampa's run defense is insane and so is their front four. But you might get to see Josh Allen like go God mode right there and like eviscerate the Buccaneers defense, which is possible because their offensive line is good enough to hold up. I don't know if they're going to contain them the whole game, but that's kind of that. My expectations for the Bills, if you haven't gotten the gist already, we'll see you in January, right? So we're done with the AFC. Let's go through some 
predictions, right? My final AFC standings. I currently have the Chiefs as the one seed, Baltimore as the two, the Bills as the three, Tennessee as the four, Chargers five, Cleveland Browns six, and then I have like the Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, depending on tiebreakers, as the seven spot. I know that's an easy way out, so I'm going to pick one. I'm going to go with the Colts. Don't love it, because uh, obviously Carson Wentz's health is a big question mark, but that's kind of what we got. That would set up Ravens-Colts in the first round. That's a great game. I'd probably re lean towards the Ravens, because I've yet to see Carson Wentz do anything meaningful in a playoff game. That would give you Bills-Cleveland in the first round. Obviously, we just talked about that. I think the Bills would beat them. That would give you Tennessee and the Chargers in the first round. I would actually take the Chargers in that matchup, a little bit of an upset. Um, I just don't trust the Titans' defense like at all to make a stop. And that's in the regular season. Forget like the playoffs. Uh, that game would pretty much be a shootout, but I think eventually the Chargers would wear down Derrick Henry and make Tannehill throw it. And like the Chargers' defense is sick. Like they're super underrated. Uh, so I think they would win that game. So if we continue on here, then that would give you Chiefs-Chargers. And as a Chiefs fan, that worries me because the Chargers play us close. I think the Chiefs would win because uh, I, I can't see Herbert going to Kansas City in the playoff game and winning. And then that would give us Ravens-Bills rematch. I think the Ravens give them a better game this time. Obviously, I still have Buffalo coming out on top. And then you got Chiefs-Buffalo AFC Championship game. You know where I stand on that. I'm taking the Chiefs. If you missed the NFC side, we'll recap it real quick. I have the Rams, Bucks, Packers, Washington, 49ers, Seahawks, and Vikings in there. That would give you Bucks, Vikings first round. If you're a Vikings fan, that is not good for you. I would take the Bucks. Packers and Seahawks, I would take the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers has basically outplayed Russell Wilson every time they play each other in the playoffs. Just. The only time we think about Russell Wilson winning was like the Richard Rodgers, I believe, goes right through his hands. Or no, was it Richard Rodgers? I don't think. I don't know. I can't remember. That guy, John Bostic, goes through his hands and the Seahawks recover on outside kick, hit a miracle to Jermaine Curse, like ridiculous. Um, so I would take the Packers there. Washington and San Francisco, that is not a good matchup for Washington. I would take San Francisco. Uh, so in the second round, that would give you Rams 49ers, which would be a hell of a game. Um, and then Bucks Packers rematch of the NFC Championship game last year. Um, listen, I took the Packers last season because I thought they were the better team. They got Tom Brady to do some bad things with it. I don't know about this year. I would take the Bucks in that game. Uh, and then Rams 49ers. I don't know who I would take. I would take the healthier team. Obviously, trying to predict it like six months in advance. I'm gonna listen. I'm all on Matt Stafford. And if Trey Lance is starting, I don't trust rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs. So I would just go with Stafford, uh, even though he's, he's never really been there before in like that big of a game. Uh, that would give you Rams-Bucks NFC Championship game. If if there's a team that could beat the Bucks, I think it's the Rams. Uh, but I think that could be a game that you know the Rams crumble in because you're playing the GOAT, you're playing Tom Brady. He's done it a thousand times. And even when he plays terrible and gets bailed out, they win. Um, so that would give us a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, Chiefs-Bucks. As a Chiefs fan, I want it. I know the Chiefs want it too. Uh, hopefully the offensive line is healthy for that game because that's basically the only reason why the Bucks won the game when you look at it last year. Tom Brady did nothing. 
They literally could have started like your next door neighbor at quarterback. They would have won. Um, so I think, you know, it's been buzzing around Chiefs camp. I've seen the same thing. They're just like, yeah, we'll see you in February. Like, we're ready. Um, obviously, they got they got to get there first. And so does Tampa. I'm more worried about Tom Brady holding up his end of the bargain than I am about with the Chiefs. But, uh, listen, I'm just super excited for a nice quality NFL season. There's a lot of storylines going on. Like I said, if you got to catch up on some podcasts, Apple Music or Pods, whatever, Spotify, obviously you can tell I'm a Spotify guy, YouTube, subscribe to the channel. It was great doing these divisional previews. Check out our 32 and 32 on the website, beakbrands.com. And listen, we'll be back during the week after week one to hit some recaps and preview the next week's games. So let's do this thing, baby. We're like a week away. NFL start of the season. Super hyped.